Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. Today's found footage movie is entitled Final Prayer, though you may also find it under the name Borderlands, 2013. In this movie... Several dudes from the Vatican and their tech guy, who likes mm-hmm. to use the word dude, yep. come out to a little church somewhere out in the boonies because of reports of a miracle there, and it's their job to investigate miracles, and turns out not so much miracles as evil is happening, I guess, and found footage ensues in which people die. As they tend to do in found footage. Yeah. I mean, it's generally why I don't the found things. <laughs> Is that why? Yeah. Generally, if we have a found footage movie, it's because there's nobody left to tell the story at the end. Yeah, except in those found footage movies where they then interview the survivors at the end. Ugh, yeah, that movie. So there were multiple times during this movie where I got myself wondering why they decided to tell this movie from the perspective of found footage. It didn't need to be. Like, it could have just been the story of these three guys who showed up. Like, it didn't need to be found footage. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, there's a a connection there in that their whole job revolved around debunking these miracles. So they were doing a lot of evidence stuff. Like, you know, cameras would be a part of that. But it's true, they didn't have to tell the story in that way. I almost feel like it was... I I mean, I always sort of feel like found footage tends to get a little distracting at times. But there were definitely points where I'm like, I would better understand what was going on if I were just in the story and not watching the story. Oh, well, that is a weird thing about this movie where where they weren't just running around with cameras. The main guys wore little cameras on their heads, so it was pretty much a first-person movie except when it showed security camera footage. Right. Which was a little distracting and weird. It is. It is very weird. And it was one of the most um, obvious examples to me of how found footage is distancing. Mm. That's something that I have to watch for when I'm writing and something that comes up when I do critiques for people is, you know, you use language and you use phrasing that puts distance between the reader and the story. And often movies don't have that problem because you're directly watching it. But when you have a found footage film, you're watching something that was watching. Like, it's it's just distance that in this That's particular case did not feel necessary to me. Yeah, so even though what we're basically doing is looking out the eyes of the characters in this movie, since the cameras are right there on their heads, that's more distancing than if a camera was just sitting back watching them have a conversation. Right. We're trained when watching movies to kind of forget the fact that we're looking at something and we just get engrossed in the story, at least when it's done well. And in this case, it just... There were so many scenes where they were just in their little hut that they were renting 
and talking to each other that didn't need to be found footage. Yeah. I mean, I guess it did in the sense, like I said at the beginning, there was nobody left to tell this story. In lots of cases, I mean, the <laughs> characters aren't telling the story yeah, when you watch a movie. A, if it was a normal movie, who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter. I feel like it could have been a blend. It could have easily been a, a regular movie where they sometimes looked at footage that they either, what's his name, Father Krellick, the priest who worked at that parish, or the Vatican dudes. Like, they could have recorded things and then looked at them. That's fine. Yeah, maybe they could have. Like in um, the Ethan Hawke movie. Sinister. Yeah. Sinister combined found footage with regular well, yeah. footage. I mean, nicely. tons of movies will cut to, like, a shot from a security camera, and it's just part of the movie, and it's fine. Yeah. yeah, it was actually weird that they installed a bunch of security cameras at the house they were staying at. That didn't factor in in any way. I thought there was going to be a whole thing where there was a... <laughs> You know, a ghost haunting the church, and somehow it followed them home. Right. No. But no, the only reason they did that was because somebody had decided this needs to be a found footage movie, (laughs) which meant that they had to have some way of having footage of the parts that weren't on camera. It's dumb. Yeah. I was annoyed. uh, This movie begins with the installation of those cameras at the guest house, whatever, the cottage they're staying in. and. When I see that happen in found footage, I get so excited. I'm like, oh, they're putting cameras everywhere. I know. We're going to be seeing this. And then, you know what? In this movie, they do the thing where they, a bunch of stuff happens throughout the day. And then they all go to bed. And then to show the passage of night, they'll show a few shots from the various security cameras. And you sit there waiting for something to happen. And it never did. No. It was one of those ones where, you know, poltergeist. I like that. I wanted to see something happening i want i love when it's you know a matter of ooh, did you notice that yeah uh-huh. if it doesn't happen then you're just staring intently at nothing that's annoying well that was a question i had noted down for you was when they showed these security camera shots and nothing happened was that boring or was it building tension since something could happen at any time if it had built up to something happening it would have been building tension but since it became very obvious that nothing was going to happen in those cottage shots it just became boring like things did happen in the nighttime shots at the church that was interesting true However, I will argue that the things that happened were not interesting. <laughs> that is also true. Okay, so it was interesting that something was happening, but then it was disappointing that the something that happened was not that interesting. It kept, That one felt like it was getting somewhere, like something was going to happen, but the most it ever did was stuff fell over or there was a crying baby noise. And yeah. It was like, it, it, that's step one. <laughs> now we need a dark shadow in the corner, right. you know? I need to see the demon baby. <laughs> also, when those things were happening, I was watching and I'm like, oh, you couldn't see. But in my mind's eye, I'm like, oh, because of the way the shadows are and the way the lighting is set up, I can see that that's the place that the guy who's pushing the thing <laughs> yeah. is clearly hiding. Like, it was bizarre that... I felt so strongly that I could see how it was being done, even though you couldn't see anything. Yeah. And the best shots like that are the ones where afterwards you go, how did they even do that? Yeah, that's You know, that makes me think of Host, where all the cupboard doors would open up. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, what? How? (laughs) How are they doing it? 
that was exciting. Yeah. That brings me to my big problem with the movie, just overall, mm -hmm. is that it never amounted to anything. What happens in the end of the movie is interesting in that, like, whoa, that is kind of shocking and whatever. But it's there's not a big adventure to it. There's no... <laughs> I mean, when I say it's interesting, it wasn't interesting. <laughs> it was, what was interesting about it was that it was very much like an exorcist kind of movie up until like the last, I don't know, four minutes of the movie. And then suddenly it took this weird Lovecraftian twist. Well, yeah. And it was this whole thing. Uh, it turned into the tunnel where they're going down long, long tunnels that yeah. kept getting tighter and tighter. And that was like, oh, this is building up. And then. And then the tunnel was the sphincter of satan or yeah something <laughs> i mean, I I mean don't know. really it was a mouth or was it a, a throat because they ended up being digested like that spoilers that's the twist ending yeah but yeah somehow they ended up the tunnel turned into a mouth you didn't see that happening yeah you, it's, it's just, just that suddenly the rock walls were Clearly Squishy. not rock anymore. Yeah, and then it closed up behind them and, and they the, were trapped. Yeah, then they got dissolved. You know, and it was very unclear to me whether this was Satan, a demon sort of thing, or they kept talking about how that site had been the site of, like, pagan religions prior yeah. to the Catholic Church being built there. And, and, in fact, found some, like, writings by... I don't know, somebody from some some past religious leader from that area talking about how, you know, oh, when we build these Catholic churches here, you don't even build a new church. You just take the building that they were already using and remove these parts and then put an altar in and, you know, yeah. like how to how to renovate a pagan church into a Catholic church, basically, which I mean, I, I feel like a lot of the Catholic church was that was <laughs> taking those pagan beliefs and like morphing them so that the people who believe them would kind of trickle along, along behind yeah. um trickle down religion <laughs> yes but it wasn't clear at the end was the original pagan religion worshiping some like monster that lived like some actual physical deity I, yeah, monster I that so. lived under the earth i think that was the gist like they're like, we're getting down under the hill, and it turns out the hill is a monster. That they originally fed babies to? Yeah, there was a like a drawing on a wall somewhere that they interpreted as, oh, it's an altar. And I was like, it's interesting, because it's like a like there's a guy dropping babies down a chute. And, I'm, <laughs> and that turned out to be the reality of it. I think well, that was I kind thought, of a twist. Okay, you know they found that, like... Oh yeah, like thing. Um, it was like a stone pedestal, like waist high, and it had you know like a spirally shape going toward the center. Yeah, and th that's what I thought that picture was. And then the you know showing that there was tubing because at first I had thought that was it was like a baptismal mm. font, but after I saw the etching on the wall, I was like, oh. That's, you know, and they said it was a sacrificial altar. I'm like, oh, that's where they, yeah. like, drained the babies and, Could be. you know, the, it drains, it down, drains the... down, yeah, into the belly of the beast. But all of that was very much left to interpretation. Yeah, it ju it just meant that nothing really happened in the movie. Like, there were never, there was never a monster chasing him. Mm -hmm. There was never anything except them walking through these tunnels, hearing the voices of dead people or 
soon-to-be-dead people in mm-hmm. some cases. It was a mix of the two. And just eventually crawling down these tunnels until they got there. And it wasn't even explained why they were bothering. Like, they started going, and I guess they were lured on by the voices, maybe. But they well, go through these tiny little passageways, and they're like, well, let's just keep going. Right? There was definitely a point where it was still them spelunking. And again, I was so disengaged from this movie that I was more intrigued by how they had filmed it because they had obviously gone into caves and were obviously yeah. filming in like, it was the cave tour you only take if you're okay with tight spaces. Very much. Yeah. Which I have never done. No. So I was like sitting there going, wow, I wonder, like, did they have to pay? How much does it cost to rent out an entire cave for filming? Like those were the thoughts going through my head rather than yeah. any kind of, caring. I even made the note. I'm like, I am not invested in this story at all. Like, I do not care what happens to these people in this case. Yeah, I agree. There's the part earlier where it seemed like this movie was going to become a found footage movie about ghosts and stuff. (laughs) Right? When it was a fun little, it's just a dumb little trick. He goes out to a graveyard and his eyes kind of pass over a gravestone, Mm -hmm. which has his name on it. And he hears a bird and looks over at where the bird is, puts his head back at, at the gravestone, and it's not his anymore. And it had the same thing where I'm like, oh, I I can see them going and quickly swapping uh-huh. out that gravestone while his head is turned. Uh-huh. And, yeah, he didn't notice that. Like, there were, yeah. This movie had a lot of promises, weak ones. Like, there wasn't anything really strong but there were a lot of promises like the gravestone thing or the crying baby noise. Yeah, or which was nothing. Nothing ever came of it. I mean, I get why the crying baby noise was there yeah. because they were sacrificing babies at one point. But it didn't relate to this this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, go back and tell me the story about when they were sacrificing the babies to the monster that lives under the dirt like that's the story i want not this story of you guys refusing to believe that this existed and then getting digested by it (laughs) nothing else happening no i did think it was interesting that the two characters who came from the vatican and whose job it was to determine whether the miracles were real Mm -hmm. had experienced so many faked miracles that they were so skeptical they did not believe at any point like yeah. they were absolutely sure that this wasn't real and then the tech guy who was not religious at all basically i mean i don't think he he never said like he was an atheist or anything he's like no, he i believe a, i just yeah. don't believe as much as you like he was you know a typical go to church because that's what we're supposed to do kind of a person yeah. maybe but he was sure that it was real the whole time And they kept telling him it wasn't and trying to talk him out of believing. And and he finally got to the point where he didn't believe. And, like, the last thing he says that's not screaming is, you told me this wasn't real, (laughs) as he's being dissolved by some unimaginable monster. Yeah. That was the most interesting part of the whole thing to me, was that they... They took the people who were believers and and made them not believers and took the non-believer and made him a believer. Yeah, I had a note on that too. It was But, but even that was mild at best. Shortly before those final screams, there's a part where, again, it felt like there was 
promise unfulfilled. They're going through these tunnels, and at one point, the techie guy goes and pulls out a signal repeater thing and puts it on the wall, and they talk about how, you know, hey, we're down in these tunnels. Yep. We need to do this, boost our signal so that, you know, it's actually getting getting out. Also, he said they could ping them to find their way back. Like, they were basically oh. technical technological breadcrumbs, which yeah. I thought was a good idea. Cool. And obviously, you're not going to waste a minute on a scene like that and have it mean nothing. It's going to be in there for a reason. And as far as I can tell, the only reason that was in the movie was so that they could shut down people reporting on the movie going, how would those things transmit from way underground? Right. <laughs> Way underground. I bet that monster had a. Uh, well, his skin was thick enough that they wouldn't have been able to send a signal through it. Whatever. Yeah, it was definitely preemptively. It was dumb. Defending themselves. Like, I don't think that's a real problem. And a bigger problem is putting that scene in your movie for no reason. Yeah. So I have a note. Let's see. It was probably 10, 15 maybe more minutes into the movie when I finally made the note, oh, these guys are here in the name of the Pope. <laughs> like, I had no idea what was going on for a significant <laughs> period of time. Like, they're yeah. driving through this town. They're clearly antagonistic toward each other. Yeah, they were. I, I was like, what is happening? Where are we going? What are we doing? Who are you guys? And it was... Longer than it should have been. Yeah, I think that's fair. I should have known who they were and what we were doing within the first few minutes of the movie. One thing from that beginning part, though, where I was trying to figure out what was going on, they drove through, like, the main street of this little village. Yeah. And they saw <laughs> a fish market, a laundry, and a pub or something like that. And the tech guy, Gray, says... Food, cleanliness, and a little bit of naughty. That's life in miniature. And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. And like, again, it was promise of there was going to be some kind of interesting discussion. Uh, and that didn't go anywhere. Like, that no. could have been an interesting, like, motif to pull through the whole story in some way. But no, that was just a little offhand remark. Well, in, in, a, in a larger way, there was the thing with the priest who worked at this parish ended up jumping off the roof because he was tormented in some way by all of this happening. And then he was dead. And there was a little bit of him coming back throughout the movie. Like his mm -hmm. voice was off in the distance, leading people ever further into danger. There was a part where his robes were on the ground filled with worms, which was fun. That, that was fun. But that was it. Like, again, it felt like, why did this happen? If we're not getting anything out of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Question. Had we not had subtitles on that informed us that it was the priest's voice, would you have known that? Probably not. I don't think I would have. I don't think it was distinctive enough that I would have been like, oh, that's that guy. He's back. I just was yeah. like, oh, there's that voice that's in the church again and that has been there since before he died. Yeah, I mean, there were voices, so clearly they weren't him beforehand. I don't know. Yeah. At one point, Gray, the non-religious guy, and Deacon, the religious guy. Yes. Father Deacon. Father Deacon. <laughs> <laughs> of all the names they could have chosen. Yeah, I was confused. They were having a discussion about 
religion, and I don't remember exactly how it all started, but Gray says, if it comes down to believe a fight between believing something that's there, he was referring to the pagan religion of like yeah, they believing. worshipped because he yeah he had talked about you know they worship the sun and the moon and trees and you know whatever things like, that really exist yeah he said when it comes down to believing in something that's there or believing in something that's not there I know which way I'm gonna go like he made a very distinct argument that this Catholic God who can't be seen, can't be felt Mm -hmm. in, you know, that same concrete way is going to lose out to the spiritual connection to things that you can touch and see and smell and taste and hear. (laughs) And that digest you. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's how it ended up. It did. Ultimately it did. I guess he definitely believed in that creature as it dissolved him. Yeah. Not for long, but he did. But even then, I'm not sure. Like, I, I feel like there's, you, we could shoehorn that idea into this ending, but it's not there. Well, I think I think it was there in the sense that they put those words in there to talk about, to connect with the fact that this was a real physical entity and not a haunting, even though there were a million haunting things going on. Yeah. Like the, the worms in the robe and the switching of the gravestone like that's that's all magic that's not a monster under the ground well i think the idea was that the monster was godlike in some way yeah, like it, it was had, doing these yeah, things sure yeah but what i'm saying is i would have liked so if i were going to punch this up and like edit it and be like okay Get here's where we need to go i would say there are some pretty interesting things thematic ideas that they've brought in that they need to pick one and then do something with it. And in this case, that idea of the God that's there and the God that's not Deacon believed like he, he, I don't think that Deacon or even Amadon, the other Vatican representative, I don't think either one of them were really struggling with their faith in this movie. But if at the end, there had been some where he, you know, where either he, oh, oh. Is this the best movie ever? Absolutely not. But I was just going to say, if there had been some way that he continued to believe in his God who wasn't there, even as he was being destroyed by a God that was, and I realized the last things we hear is Father Deacon reciting the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. So he did continue to believe in his invisible God as he was being dissolved by a concrete God. Literally. (laughs) Right. So I don't know. So basically they did exactly what I wanted them to do, but they did it so poorly that I didn't realize they had done it until I started to pick it apart. Well, now that you mentioned that, that's sort of, uh, there's probably nothing to this, but Mark is Mark Amadon, the other Mm -hmm. priest. He had, he made an explicit explanation that he did not believe like not so much that he didn't believe in god but he's like i've been doing this forever none of it's real in fact he he said some really ridiculous things for a priest he was like what just because we're in the church we're supposed to believe in magic and he listed off magical stuff yes the thing that i wrote down was that he amadon wanted the church to get rid of medieval superstitions yes he basically was like miracles are from before we knew better yeah i agree but 
that is incompatible with his religion. He, like he listed off a bunch of things and mm-hmm. he's like, you know, all that stuff about God, forget that part. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but then at the end of the movie, he is somewhere down in those tunnels ahead of them and they see him and he doesn't possibly get eaten. Possibly. I don't know. I mean, we never see him again, but it's, it's a weird distinction between him and the others. See, here again is where limiting themselves by making it a found footage movie means that they couldn't address those things. Yeah. What if we had gotten to see that his more concrete belief system led him to decide, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to believe in the thing that's in front of me. (laughs) And then he survives. (laughs) And then Father Deacon is like, I'm going to believe that whatever happens to me is what was supposed to happen to me because my God, I can't see wanted it to happen. Like whatever. I'm not even saying make a point that one of them is wrong or one of them is right, but just that there was some kind of differentiation. I feel like the Mark Amidon character did not need to be in this movie. Probably he was not. pointless. And then they brought in Father Calvino at the end, who was, I mean, I guess he was there for some exposition. He yeah. showed them the symbol, which we had already seen, and was like, <laughs> we don't know the name of this thing. We just know it by this symbol. Hey, the symbol is a mouth. It's like a worm, a sandworm's mouth. It is. I didn't get it until I was looking at your notes over there. I drew a picture of it. Thank you. I didn't get it either, even though I drew a picture of it. Yeah, it's a little cartoon mouth going mom, Uh mom, mom. Uh Uh-huh. With three little triangle teeth. So, okay, so I have a ridiculous quote. Okay, I like those. And I have a question. I will start with the ridiculous quote. Where at one point, Gray, who is fed up with the whole situation, says, Dan Brown was right about you lot. Yeah. That was good. There was another part where he said something and he was like, this and this, you know, this priest does this or this, whatever, some complex Vatican uh-huh. thing. And the techie guy was like, don't tell, you don't have to tell me. I read the Da Vinci Code. Right. This has all been explained to me. Okay. So my question, going back to the found footage thing, they avoided the problem of having to actually show us anything scary, which sometimes is very useful. Like we have criticized other movies for too quickly showing us what we're supposed to be afraid of and letting us realize, oh, I'm not afraid of that. So they avoided that problem by having the cameras go glitchy anytime there was something to be seen. So my question is, was that effective? Was that a good idea? First of all, is that, does that work? And did it work the way they did it or no? Well, let me read to you from my notes where it says incomprehensible garbage and glitches are not scary. (laughs) What I wrote. (laughs) I mean, they took like I like when things kind of sketch out a little bit. So you're like, oh, here's the presence of something supernatural affecting our equipment, but not to where it just ruins it. And that's what happened was the the big miracle footage they were given was like some stuff was rattling on the table and, you know, whoa, how's that happening? I think the priest was bleeding from his nose or something. Yeah. And then it all just went super glitchy and you couldn't see anything. And they're like, okay, that's quite a miracle. And yeah. it's like you, you have you've ruined it. <laughs> There's nothing there. 
Honestly, it was glitchy enough in that initial video at the part where anything was actually happening that I was like, why did they even send anybody to investigate this? Like, why did they not send back a letter on the Vatican stationery saying like, thank you very much for your submission, but we will be passing on this one. Yeah. It's like a real world audition tape. Yeah. There's actually an interesting part at the end where they're, you know, going through dark tunnels and it's all kind of black and white and whatever. It's hard to see because of that. And it was like, glitching at the edges of it it was yeah it was a weird effect it was like mol- stretching like molasses and yeah. and i i have seen that happen with footage where it's really dark and like yeah you, you can't, can't quite really figure out it. how to show things but it was I, I don't know i didn't i didn't like it i didn't like it either and i feel like they were just relying on that to be scary and yeah and and what does it even mean you're supposed to be afraid of the fact their cameras don't work woo (laughs) it's terrifying (laughs) i mean if you were a sound or video guy you might be afraid of that yeah it didn't seem like he was though no it didn't (laughs) the most interesting note i have down here i don't know when i wrote it except it's clearly very close to the end and the note is shocking revelation of exactly what i expected (laughs) i don't know what i'm referring to there but it does fit in with the kinds of things in this movie yes yes my next note is crawled into satan's rectum the end (laughs) that is that is a pretty good summary my last two notes are the problem is that i feel no investment and then they are in a monster (laughs) (laughs) that's it it was over okay (laughs) so it's time this movie was a grave disappointment nice pun i expect more from my found footage this was even bad found footage movies have some you know like things jump out at you and you're like oh no like that I don't know if the audio picked that up, but our cats are knocking things down. There's stuff happening. It's, you know, it's that roller coaster effect where mm-hmm. it may not be a good movie, but at least there's lots of little fun things. This mm-hmm. didn't have that. It was boring. I mean, it wasn't that boring exactly. It was just blah. It was very blah. And nothing ended up happening. I mean, really, they they got digested, which is not exciting. So it was a fun idea, though. I'll give them that. That was, if they had led up to that with action and excitement and interesting things happening, great. Good way to have the big finale be. But it was terrible. I'm going to give this only one and a half satanic mixtapes out of five. Okay. I'm going to disagree with you when you say it wasn't boring. (laughs) Okay. I think it was boring. I was bored. I mean, yeah. I I should not be spending my time while I'm watching your movie thinking about how you made the movie. That is a very bad sign. And every time they started to get me interested, there would be something where I'm like, okay, here we go. Now I'm going to pay attention. Mm -hmm. It would fizzle out and I'd be thinking about how they set it all up again yeah the first dramatic thing was a sheet being set on fire which we later discover was just some kids in town doing something truly awful right that was the most horrific (laughs) thing in the whole movie yeah i mean maybe aside from them having climbed inside satan's rectum (laughs) but 
like that was hardly anything. I mean, it drove it drove the Vatican representative to punch one of the village kids in the face. Yeah, rightfully so. Rightfully so. But also, what does that have to do with anything? It was completely disconnected from it everything. It was just people being terrible. So yeah, I was bored. I was annoyed by not being able to follow the thread of what they were trying to say. There weren't enough clues. I, I'll agree with you that there was an interesting premise that they brought in at the end. Had they made that movie, it would have been a movie I wouldn't like because it's too Lovecraftian. Oh, no. But at least it would have been a thing, right? And I think that maybe they fell into the trap of thinking that if you're going to have a twist ending, you have to keep that twist 100% a secret until you reveal it. But then if you do that, it's not a twist ending anymore. (laughs) It's just you pulling something out of Satan's rectum. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it Um, is. And and that's how this felt. Okay, I can see where they thought maybe they were giving a few clues, but I personally don't think that they gave enough information for me to accept, oh no, suddenly we're being dissolved. Yeah, it was out of the blue. It felt like it was the last five minutes of a completely different film. Well, yeah, once they got down into the tunnels, it was a completely different film. It was guys wandering tunnels until they get dissolved like that. Had nothing to do with the whole church at all. Well, except that I sort of felt like they were maybe walking through a secret tunnel that led to the orphanage that they had talked about, yeah. or like they were down where bad things happen in these like catacomby kinds of tunnels. I was following it to that point. Yeah. The point where I suddenly realized, wait, the tunnel is alive. <laughs> that was where I lost it. I was like, what no what is this they just spliced two movies together i don't know and there wasn't i can't really think of anything that redeems this movie for me in any way so i am going to give this one satanic mixtape out of five i totally accept that all right so now that that's done where are we going next Well, you might think that this is just an alternate title for the same movie. Maybe it's the movie they spliced in at the end. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) But tomorrow we're going to be watching Food of the Gods from 1976. Interesting. Ooh, 1976 should be fun. I'm expecting some, like, very psychedelic stuff happening. I've seen a bit of the trailer, and I think you'll be intrigued. Excellent. All right. See you tomorrow. Ha. <laughs> 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 I have things to say. Does it sound like I'm saying things?